you have to use your, your network and ask about Mexico. And, and of course, you can work here. I mean, I have a Venezuela, we have a Venezuelans, Colombians, Colombians, Peruvians, and I have one, I think he's Hungarian who speaks Russian and so many languages which are important nowadays. Welcome to the Circuit Magazine, the number one source of information on protection matters, the industry-leading magazine for all security professionals who want to stay ahead of the game. Successful EP operations and collaborations in Mexico. Today, Elijah Shaw and myself, we're very pleased to be speaking with Hector Robles-Conde, the President LATAM and VP Global Operations at First Call, and a great friend of this podcast and, of course, the Circuit Magazine. Um, Mexico, why is it an enduring topic that every protector at some stage is going to want to think about, uh, Elijah? What, what what do you think? Well, I, I know we've had a couple subject matter experts uh, that operate in and around that area on the show, but I think someone like Hector brings a perspective because that's the environment he lives in. And then to your question, you know, whenever you hear something about Latin America, you know, besides a couple other big name countries, which I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll get into, you know, Mexico inevitably comes up. And I think probably because of its proximity to the United States, uh, you know, the, 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 the rich history they have, but also the challenges that they've had kind of, you know, push that front and center. So uh, I know when operators think about high risk environments and, you know, and whether that's the, the, the cartel or, or, or have you, inevitably Mexico comes up. And so I'd be interested in just hearing Hector's perspective on it and, you know, what his take on the situation is. Because we can put to him, you know, are are the, the concerns from the popular press right? Are uh, people's uh, preconceived ideas about what they need right and and if they're if they're not quite right as i think i think we might find mm-hmm. um you know how can we temper that uh, enthusiasm shall we say because you know if if you were to take a client um and they said right i want all of this and this massive protection and this very visible protection i mean I think even even without consulting Mexican colleagues, you, you, you'd probably say, well, you know, may, maybe maybe a different approach. Sure. Well, you know, for one, you say all you know is all you know, which is, again, another case for having uh, uh, someone who uh, operates in that environment at a high level. And then the other piece of that is, is, of course, perception is clouded by whatever agenda. So even now, you know, me from... United States and you from the United Kingdom, we have our own preconceived notions and, and you know, maybe even prejudices. Uh, and so it takes uh, someone who's embedded in a particular environment, whether that's Mexico or Palestine or, uh, you know, Moscow, that can kind of offer an alternative perspective. And then one that you can look at and go, OK, I see where you're coming from. Good idea. Yeah, because that's something we should all reflect on, uh, you know, and th- and that's the beauty of doing these you know, sector or geographic specific segments, whether it's um, uh, the Swiss operations we did not so long ago mm-hmm. um, or, or or Japan mm-hmm. during the Olympics, you know, uh, I think this gives us a good time to reflect, but also make new friends because Hector <laughs> is uh, willing to reach out and uh, and, and say hello. Um, I did meet Hector at the IPSB in Vegas uh, with a fantastic panel mm-hmm. uh, that he was on with other uh, Mexican, mm-hmm. Latin American Latin America. Uh, operators. Uh, which is which is which is great. 
So let's then just jump into it. Let's meet Hector. Let's uncover successful EP operations and partnerships in Mexico. Nice. And now let's meet one of the contributors to the Circuit Magazine. Effective operations in Mexico. Today, we are delighted to be joined by Hector Robles, President, First Call Latin America and VP Global Operations. It's a great pleasure to have you on. How are you doing? Very well. Thank you, Helen. Uh, I appreciate the gesture of, of inviting me to your to your podcast. Uh, I listen to it very often, so uh, I'm honored. Thank you very much. Good morning or good afternoon, everyone. Well, well, thank you very much. And it's been great uh, to have your contributions as well. And of course, we met at the IPSB just uh, the other week in Vegas. Um, lots and lots of topics that we can discuss. But operating in Mexico, why are we talking about it? Obviously, I know and you know, but, but, but for our listeners, let's paint the picture. What's the problem you think we can attempt to solve when looking at partnering and operating in Mexico? Well, there are two things. Um, it's like this relation with the devil. Uh, you can't get rid of it sometimes. And uh, we are too close to the US. So um, if I give you a, a very uh, quick number, probably the, the fourth largest economy in the world is divided by two countries. And it's, just, it's all this uh, southern border for the US and the northern border for, 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 for us in Mexico. All that border is generates that amount of, of, of uh, uh, revenues, of income, the economy that they have there. So, uh, and it goes down south in a, in a like cascade, you know, in a waterfall. And you have different uh, spots in Mexico where a lot of um, companies are investing. And on top of that, you also have tourism with a, with, with a, I wouldn't say the end of the pandemic, but I would say that with countries opening up, uh, um, we've seen an increase of uh, tourism from different places. Uh, in countries all over the all, all over the world, and uh, as I said before, I mean, people choosing very uh, remote areas that complicate things, and obviously those people that um, choose those very remote areas are high net worth individuals. So uh, they want uh, everything as if they were living in New York or in London. So it's uh, it complicates things because they still want to. Uh, I said they they think because they pay for it, then they we can get it, and sometimes. Resources are are limited in 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 every country, but uh, especially in Mexico, where when you go to remote areas. But uh, I would say that that is that is one one thing that makes Mexico very attractive for business pleasure. And you now you have nomads. Uh, a lot of I've seen a lot of people renting apartments in Mexico City, just working, you know, online, and you know, enjoying life. So that complicates things a bit. I mean, not all, not all of them are. Are expats, which you have expats or high net worth individuals, or you know, uh, or people who work for uh, five uh, Fortune 500 companies that really have the re economic resources to pay for for uh, for security, for executive protection. It's, it's, it's a luxury. It's not. It's, it's, it is really not a, a, a commodities market. It's, it's, it's a luxury. I, I I don't know if I would be able to pay for it if I had the money. If I would be willing to pay it from my own wallet, because it's very expensive. 
Yeah, very expensive, but 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 rather appealing. And and I like uh, that that picture you paint because it's not just the ultra high net worth. It's it's nomads. It you know, and I, and I, and I see a great quality of life um, that 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 attracts a lot of people. Um, but then stepping back a, a little bit, uh, what about yourself? Where does your passion for protection come from? Well, my passion for for protection started uh, not long ago, seven seven years ago. Hmm. As a matter of fact, I've been in the industry for uh, the security industry for around 20 years now, since 1999, a, a bit more than 20 years. Um, but I worked in the security in, uh, sector, but in telecommunications, interoperability communications, uh, software for intelligence and open sources, uh, cybersecurity. It was all about physical security and software. I worked for uh, three Israeli companies in the past, and one of those was uh, like very focused on intelligence, um, uh, you know, to provide software for NSA type of uh, or intelligence centers, uh, especially government, who are like the, the real ones that are allowed to buy those software, softwares, even though things happen that we don't we don't like. Um, physical security for um, uh, you know critical infrastructure, but then um, I'm all, I've always been in sales and business development. I'm not an operational person. I've, you know, I've, I've been in, 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 in services where I see how things happen to understand. I've been always a person that, has, that needs to understand and has to understand how things operate or are executed so I can talk to my clients, make them understand what are the needs. And because I work for government and sometimes in government, you don't have, you have the technicians and then you have the, the executives. And the same thing happens in, in, in the, in the uh, private industry. So sometimes we have to explain that a lot more. And uh, by uh, when I was hired by um, first call, but at, at that time, the company was uh, um, the name of the company was Steel International or Steel Foundation. Many people still call us Steel. Uh, and, and, and that company that this company has a, a legacy of, of uh, executive protection, uh, probably the first ones to uh, to actually protect the president. Uh, we were paid by the by the State Department to protect um, John Bertrand Aristide uh, back in the days when 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 the, the coup against uh, Jean Claude Duvalier, uh, I think was in the nineties or something like that, and then we moved to the Middle East, and then from there we came to Latin America when things got rough in, in the Middle East. We worked with the Blackwaters and and all those companies, but then as I understood that the, the the story of the history of the of, of the company, and I saw how things had to be you know uh, perfectly executed planned there's always a protocol there's always uh, um, ex a lot of experience that you need to uh, that, that you need to know before um, you make things happen people need to be trained uh, a lot and they go to different areas it is really sometimes like Hollywood like what they paint in in, 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 in the movies um, but um, you know Let's. Uh, I, I will elaborate a little bit, a little bit more on that. But it, it is sometimes like that, not as exaggerated. But you know, this is wow. This is this is interesting. And then I got. Uh, that's when I got my, my passion. When I started working for this company, I was a user of of uh, myself of uh, executive protection because I worked for, I worked for GE and Johnson and Johnson and Airbus. Well, back in the day, was uh, European Aeronautics, Defense and Space. So I had to travel to many places, and I was a user in Venezuela in Dominican Republic, in Guatemala, in um, Colombia, um, mainly in those in those places. Uh, so, uh, but I never thought about 
all the resources that are needed. And, I, and that's when, when I understood this, I said, this is, this is a great uh, industry. And, it's, um, and the, the, the thing that um, you know, amazed me the most was that a huge percentage of these companies are owned by, like, by families. Very few are international or like the size of the Securitas or the Allied Universals and are you know, listed in the stock market. It's a lot of solo practitioners, a lot of small companies, but they make a huge difference. It's, 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 it's a, it's a, it is a small and mid-sized uh, enterprises like, uh, industry. And, 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 and I, like, I like that because because that plays into a lot of your strengths. You, you've been on the other side. That's that's brilliant. You, you've been in sales and a lot of people who start up the micro businesses often forget that uh, need to constantly uh, sell yourself, sell your service, always prospecting. Um, but 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 actually, in, in terms of and, and we'll see how that applies to specifically Mexico soon. But uh, what what should the completely uninitiated operator uh, better know that the, the operator who's never really thought about operating in Mexico, never, never seen a, a Mexican uh, job come up. But let's face it, in the industry, you could be in Vienna one day and Botswana the next. <laughs> so 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 watch the uninitiated better understand about operating in Mexico. Well, first of all, uh, Mexico is a, is, is a place where you have a lot of factories. So uh, uh, the type of, 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 uh, of, um, of executives that visit Mexico is a, lot it's a lot different. You don't have the CEO going all over the place. Mainly the companies we served in Mexico are based in London or in, or in Germany or in France or in the UK uh, or in China. Uh, that or it, it, Italy, some bad like like this the G seven the G seven countries. Let's say let's say that. Um, so resources are very limited, are very limited because you have visit you have visitors that you have expats, and it's different than in um, like in the US or UK where you work at the like like the real global headquarters and and you see the muscle of the of the company over here in Mexico. Uh, it is it is different to start with um, in that in that in that in that regard. Um, uh, and that's what I could what I could tell a person that they need also to uh, not everyone in Mexico is uh, like in other countries uh, a, a law enforcement that have a law enforcement background or a special forces background. Um, we don't do that a lot because uh, um, you know, uh, and I'm going to touch these things that people sometimes don't like to touch, but uh, uh, because of, of corruption things, we don't hire law enforcement or former military until you know a certain period of time has passed, like 10 years because of that, because we don't know who they, who they dealt with, uh, what kind of relations they had. In, even if you, you know, have a background investigation, uh, you don't know, sometimes it's dodgy, so we don't do that. But we hire a lot of solo practitioners that uh, they don't have that background, but they have been trained. They worked for the U.S. Embassy or they worked for the Japanese Embassy, or they were uh, the only ones that we hired is the, for the the Mexican Secret Service, Estado Mayor Presidencial, who are the ones that really those three thousand people that work for the presidential uh, security. And when they leave that service, those are the ones that we uh, because we think that those are like the ones that the cleanest uh, background. But in, uh, but uh, regularly. It's people that have that have been trained on their own or by other companies, uh, or they have a, a relative, and then we start training them in driving, in, in you know surveillance, counter surveillance, even the law, 
they need to understand what the law is uh, because sometimes you have the police stopping you and, and, and they want to know if you are one of the good guys or the bad guys because you, sometimes you don't know. And it is easy to recognize the bad guys because of the type of cars they use or vehicles they use. But if that's what they need to, uh, to understand that, um, over, that do not disqualify a person because they don't have a law enforcement background or a military or special forces like in other countries. Over here, people study really study and work hard to to become an EP an EP agent because they don't have that even though they have that mindset in their head because they like the industry uh, for whatever reason which could be uh, because they watch the film or because they have a relative or because of their parent their, their yeah their their dad was a uh, you know a military or was actually a, an EP agent sometimes sometimes it goes like that but um, that's what I would tell them that uh, that's what they're gonna find here. They're going to find a lot of resources. They'll be surprised of the resources you can you can find. But also, uh, I would say that do not expect things to be uh, uh, cheap just because it's Mexico, <laughs> because uh, the, there are things that are more expensive than in the U.S. and 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 there are things in the U.S. that are more expensive than than in Mexico or in or in any, any other country. I would just mention the U.S. because you know or the audience, but even the U.K. as well. Um, and, and that's that's something that people think, you know. Uh, and it's it's good to have relations in 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 Mexico to understand um, the industry. Um, I would say that they would should they should uh, contact ASIS, uh, IFPO as well, and um, and any uh, Mexican chamber of of of, of uh, private industry. You know, the security industry. Mm -hmm. There are two: uh, the Council, the Security Council, and the Association of. Uh, of uh, private security uh, enterprises in Mexico, so, so I would contact those. It, I, I I can see that you know they would be a useful starting point. Um, what may be an elephant in the room if you're an international operator? I suppose one, are you going to have to speak really good Spanish? And two, are job opportunities actually open to you in Mexico if you're not Mexican? Oh, well, it's always difficult. Uh, um, it's, it, I mean, I wouldn't say it's impossible, uh, but just like anybody else, it's one in a million. Yes, you have to speak the language, um, but also you need to you need to understand the culture. And 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 the, when I when I say the culture, it's, it's not just understanding the tacos and mariachis, the music and the, and the food. Uh, there are a lot of things, uh, very subtle things that you need to subtle thing, things that you need to. Uh, understand in every region of Mexico. There are different, there are a lot of Mexicos. You have the Mexico, those who like the, the beach and the sun and the sand and everything. Then you have the corporate Mexico, which is, which I would say is is uh, somehow sophisticated in, in those, in, in cities like Guadalajara, Mexico City, Monterrey, it's very sophisticated. But then you have the, ind the industrial Mexico, like in the center of, of, of Mexico where you have all those uh, manufacturing plants, building cars, or ele electronic appliances, different things, and then you have the border. So the culture is different in every, in in in, in any, in every uh, place that you go. And uh, obviously, um, a lot of people think think about the cartels when they come to Mexico. Well, and some, and my question is, what about the cartels? Um, they're not going to focus. They're, 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 as I said, they're not going to focus on you if you visit that place. Um, or they're, they're not going to kidnap you at all. I mean, they are. If they have extortion, uh, you know, those type of crimes, they're probably extorting uh, the co the company, not you. And they're not going to um, kidnap you unless 
you represent a, a, a threat. But I would say that if you are traveling to a country and you already think that you're gonna be kidnapped, why do you think that? Does anybody know your agenda? Has your agenda been shared before? So, so when I well, I say, well, probably the, the, the problem is not traveling to a, to a high risk area. Probably the, the, the problem is that somebody's leaking information from inside your company. So uh, you have to check both. But um, as I said, you have to understand the culture and, and the little things and the things that you don't do just because you were special forces, just because you, you were law enforcement. Some things do not apply. Sometimes protocols, we follow them and we explain the client, we, we explain the, the, the security managers why sometimes uh, using a, a minivan is much better than uh, a suburban uh, vehicle, which is very large. And because you need to be discreet, you need to you know flow, make it you know uh, very smooth. And, and and I would say uh, I wouldn't say secret. <laughs> you you going to be secretly uh, transported to one place from that place to another, but that's the way it goes. And sometimes you have to. Uh, Sometimes you don't. You're not going to use armored vehicles. Sometimes it's difficult to have armored vehicles in some areas in in, in Mexico. And actually, they're going to recognize you, who you are just because of the type of of, mm. of vehicle you, you have. And then you need this operator who has boots on the ground, who knows people, who has a very good network, and uh, and they can help you execute the the. the the service and sometimes those companies have operation centers. They send you, uh, you know, intelligence reports. Um, I, I wouldn't say they would compete with with Stratford or they would compete with 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 uh, international SOS. If I if I talking, you know, yeah. I just say a few names. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but they give you uh, the real thing in 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 real time. What is happening there because they know people and they know for sure that. What they're telling you is what is happening, and and, that, and as I said, having local partners is important. So that's really what we're talking about. It's it's a much much more likely scenario that you're going to have an operation and need a local partner. It's much less likely that you're sitting in Paris and one day you say, "Do you know what? I'm going to move to Mexico and get an EP job," um, which I which I think is kind of true of a lot of geographies. It's 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 not. Uh, every day someone would up sticks now of course you 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 will have seen we had uh, lee orton on um the podcast uh, last year and uh, lee has a you know unique experience but, um mm -hmm. but 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 then, but then i suppose on the subject of partnerships um how can international operators make a an informed uh, choice well, what what do they sort of look for um, in 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 partnerships, you know, should should they look for um, local content? Um, should they look for a better type of contract? I, I don't know. I'm sort of painting painting a picture as we go. But what what should they do? Well, um, as I said uh, before, I mean, I would start by contacting uh, ACES and IFBO. You have uh, people that belong to both. Uh, both um, uh, associations or uh, or institutions um, to ask for somebody for sure has been to Mexico has operated here um, and then you by, by that you start digging or you know type uh, Mexican companies um, private um, security Mexican companies and then from there but but it's always better if somebody if it's a referrals if somebody recommends this company or this company or the other so you have to use your, your network. You're, whatever you are in whatever country you, you you are and ask about mexico and and of course you can work here i mean i have a venezuela we have a venezuelans colombians Colum colombians peruvians and i have one 
I think he's Hungarian, who speaks uh, Russian and so many languages which are important nowadays. Uh, Vitali, who's a, a very good, good guy. Uh, but I would say, and he he made his his his, uh, his trip to Mexico by, and even Ivan Ivanovich as well, by you know, networking, networking and asking who which are the the right companies, what are the right associations, and then start making phone calls, contact people through LinkedIn or or have a conversation, have somebody introduce you to a to another company, and and that's what we do very often. It's it's uh, in uh, at least even if we uh, do a lot of um, uh, work on, on, on sales uh, and promote the company, I can tell you 90% of, of the jobs we have is, is a referral. It's a referral. It's good for, for, for you know, for, for a top of mind. It's good for marketing. It's good to be, uh, you know, uh, to be out there and people see that you're still alive. But it's recommendation. And, and, and when companies feel comfortable with the way you uh, execute services, and then they, they they give you a good recommendation and and like that because we are all in the same as you say we're all in the same industry and uh, every time somebody knows some someone so it's that's the way I would start and then as I said contact the Mexican Association of of uh, private security companies um, contact the council uh, the Mexican Council of of uh, uh, private security. And they would give you a lot of information that they would recommend, and some and a lot of, of a lot of people contact the, the their chamber of commerce. Over here in Mexico, we have the American Chamber of Commerce, the German Chamber Chamber of Commerce. You have the British Council, so you have to use those uh, those those uh, institutions, and then you get a lot of a lot more information. But as I said, we all know, mm. we all know someone. And 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 that is kind of good because uh, if if not on that occasion, what else would one? need the chamber of commerce in uh mexico for um you know unless you were to actually use them so so perhaps it's a use them or, or lose them scenario um i guess going to mexico specifically you know we've we've already talked a little bit about maybe where you need to be more discreet um how can we as internationals or or, or you as local specialists um manage expectations let's say of a of a large enterprise uh, when they say i'm coming to mexico and i will have a b7 uh oshkosh uh, armored vehicle or, or something crazy right how how can we get that you know manage those expectations well it's always a uh, uh, difficult to uh, to make them sometimes understand um the resources that we have here, um, and and also the the convenience of uh, of having such type of, of uh, vehicles or or tools that are going to be uh, uh, needed, um, you have to speak with truth. Tell them why you think and why you've done it, and how you've done it before, and why it may make why it worked. Um, sometimes clients are very stubborn and they want what they want. And, but you have to be honest and you have to tell them, you know, we're going to do it. We just think that it would be better if we do it this way because roads are this way and that way. The car is going to be too heavy. It's going to be those roads. You don't go to... And, and it, dep it really depends on the industry you work for. Financial, financial industry, it's, gonna, it's always going to be urban areas. But if you have manufacturing and you have mining and you have energy, you're going to have to go to remote areas. So you... you, you Armored vehicles in those areas. Mm, I don't know. We just had the visit of of, of President Biden uh, 
yesterday and, and, and you know Sunday, Monday, and, and, and Tuesday. And with the beast, with the, with the, the vehicle, there, there are a lot of problems whenever they transport that. You know, that sometimes it gets, uh, um, it's difficult to, to, to drive that, that, that car anywhere in the world. But coming back to Mexico, uh, um, that is what, uh, what, what we do. We always tell them what is the best and what is our recommendation. If we don't, they don't like it, we still tell them why it isn't convenient and what, and, and, and it's not about price, it's not about cost, it's not about money, it's about being discreet, it's about having the right car, the right vehicle for, for that person. Sometimes they want, I want this special brand of car, and sometimes we don't even have that brand of car in Mexico, or that is very common with, with, uh, with um, in the automotive industry. They always want to use their vehicles. If Ford or Mercedes or BMW, they want to, they want you to transport their executives in that, those type of cars. And sometimes you don't have armored vehicles in those type of cars. It's uncommon. So it's you have to make them understand, and uh, it's it's a bit uh, difficult for them to 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 uh, to accept the fact that 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 is not the right or the correct uh, um, uh, way of doing things here in Mexico. But I would say that normally. Um, uh, we follow protocol in a large percentage. We just make few adjustments uh, in, 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 in their, in their uh, trips. But uh, I say it's, it's always be honest from the beginning. And, and if you don't agree with something, just, just say it. Just say, you say why and, and, and you explain with, with examples, with, with, with your experience, what happened. Sometimes they, they're going to give you their experience as well. And sometimes they're going to tell you, well, I don't know. It's, I, there's nothing I can do. This is the type. This protocol indicates that the CEO has to use this type of vehicle, and and we have to follow protocol strictly. And that's when you say, well, okay. So once you know what you must do, you do what you can do. Mm. And then once you know that you have to follow protocol strictly, then you have to adapt things around it. Around. But so probably you need another another layer. Maybe you need a. a, a, a uh, one layer less of of, of of people. Maybe you need a, a driver that speaks. Uh, uh, you don't need a driver that speaks uh, English. You only need the, the uh, an, an EP agent with 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 the CEO or with executive. And 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 the type of things that you do when you go to a, for example, in airports, uh, we don't write the name of people when we pick when, when we pick when we pick up people at the airport. We use a different sign. Not even not even our companies or their companies. We use a different sign that we send them to them. And they have to recognize the sign because you don't want anyone, you know, asking for for Mr. Uh, Rowe and Mr. Rowe goes to a to a taxi that that is not the the security yeah. that was uh, hired. You know, that, and and and, and those, you have to think about things like that all the time. Sometimes in Mexico, I have to say so. I use my watch in the in the left in the right hand instead of in the left. Like for when I drive, if somebody wants to steal my watch. They don't see it, so I'm not a target. So you have to be, we always have to make sure how we help the client become a hard target. That's that's the that's the the, the important thing. Even if we have to fo follow protocol, we need to find a way to do it. And and I guess then the, the, the flip side of that is, are, are there any areas and in Mexico, and it's a bit of a straw poll question, obviously, but are there any areas in Mexico that are truly like the worst fears of a Hollywood movie? Um, or... Yes. Or, or not? Yes, there are truly areas like that. But the reality is that executives don't go there. Mm -hmm. There's no industry there. There is no industry. Uh, uh, other than probably agricultural, 
sometimes uh, the one the ones that that need that, that extra you know experience uh, places like that are like veterinarians that need to go to those remote areas to uh, you know check on the 5200 chickens in one farm or cows and, because they need to they really need to go there to 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 sell whatever they sell you know food or 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 medicine or different things for 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 that sector but regularly you don't visit those areas because there's no industry so uh, you don't and you don't find shootings and you don't have guys you know going around uh shooting and and and, and there's one reason for that i mean uh, you know uh, guns in mexico are, are forbidden so uh, whatever gun you find in the market you need to have a permit otherwise it's illegal and there's a lot of uh, illegal uh uh, you know, smuggling of of of, of arms between Mexico and the, and the U.S. and uh, and those are the the the, the guns that use the drug dealers or the, the cartels. But um, as I said, executives go to urban areas, and we know the agenda very well. Um, the trip has been planned for two or three weeks. You have you you, you do the advance work uh, two or three weeks before, and then a week before, and then you work on that constantly. So. Uh, there's not a there's a there's there's not a lot of room for 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 uh for uh, misinterpretations or or on um, improv mm. improvisation is there's there's not a lot of, a lot of room for that because we have to plan that long ago I mean very well ahead so that's uh, uh, the important area and as I said uh, you go to the main industries and even in those manufacturing uh, or industrial areas um, those are like hubs you have 25, 550, 100 uh, companies in one single place working. So security is tough there and they, and they know how to handle it. So uh, I would say, uh, yes, there are areas, but those areas, uh, as I said, uh, the, which are very, uh, very uh, dangerous, probably are along the border, along the border and some others near, near whatever drug plantation there is from a drug dealer. But that's far from uh, from the from the realities of a big city. So I would yeah. say you may feel uncomfortable, but nothing's gonna happen to you. And if we have to travel to those areas, then we know what to do. We know exactly uh, with whom we have to talk uh, and how to make it work legally. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. And and as you say, you know, an international operator, very unlikely that they're gonna go with some vets to see uh, a very remote farm. Um, it's much more likely that you'll be in an urban area, which, which I think is 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 key. Um, one thing that I think is interesting to explore, mainly because you're here and it's so close to the very uh, excellent panel uh, that you and fellow colleagues from uh, Mexico had at the IPSB. I wonder if you could give a sense of, you know how that panel came about, what the message was, what the sort of takeaways were, um, who was on the panel, uh, because, because, because I think that was a very nice step change for uh, the IPSB. Kudos, uh, Chris Story and the team, of course, for, for, for that. But since you're here, I thought I'd, I'd, I'd ask you. Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, um, it all started with an idea that I had. I worked for the Mexican bar for, Bank for Import-Export import Bank uh, in Madrid for a couple of years many years ago before I joined the, the security industry. And we had to create these uh, pavilions, the Mexico pavilion where you have for in, in different trade shows. And I uh, I talked to Pablo Ortiz Monasterio, who uh, was also part of the, well, he was one of the, uh, the conferences, the, or, or, you know, uh, 
he spoke about uh, drive, you know, driving or mm-hmm. vehicle security, something like that in the IPSB. But I talked to him because I, I knew he was connected with the IPSB, with Chris Story and, and Chuck Tobin and other people in, uh, in the board of, of the IPSB. And I, I told him that we should create a, a Latin American or a Mexican pavilion in the next IPSB, which was the one in, in back in December. Uh, so we uh, convinced um, WSO, uh, Galeam, um, Grip, um, and obviously first call in AS3 uh, was part of it. Um, and those uh, and, and those are the the companies that 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 wanted to follow with this with this idea. Uh, in the panel, we had um, um, well, the I, how, how how do you call it the, the the guy you know managing the the moderator the conference was uh, was um, um, Gonzalo Senosian from Grip. Mm-hmm. He performs. He has like a private security like gates and guards and and, and executive protection. You have Ivan Ivanovic, and you have uh, you had also. Um, uh, this guy, um, um, Gerardo de Lago mm-hmm. from Galean. And we wanted to talk about our experiences in Latin America as well, because somehow for some reason, uh, we are based, we're all based here in Mexico, but uh, we all have uh, experience uh, working in Latin America in different countries, uh, doing, you know, uh, vulnerabilities assessments or executive protection or risk assessments, risk analysis. Um, and also because we, we have a, a we, we provide executive, not only executive protection, but emergency response. And sometimes you have people in other countries calling our GSOC, or we have people from other countries visiting Mexico calling the, the, the GSOC for, for support. And then that helps uh, um, the audience uh, understand that there are companies in Mexico with the good enough, uh, or in Latin America, with good enough experience and background to help you have a good partner in Mexico. And, and, and I'm going to say this, I mean, security is a business. Let's not be, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 naive. Mm. Uh, security is a business when we all want to make money. And I've seen uh, people, uh, the IPSB or other conference, and ASIS or GSX now, uh, saying, well, I just had to let this job go because I didn't have resources in this country or in the other country, or we don't go international, we don't do this. You don't have to go yourself internationally. There are a lot of independent contractors. There are a lot of a lot of companies in different places uh, that can give you uh, the types of service you are you are waiting or you're looking for. And so don't let that money go away. Call, make a few phone calls, use your network, and that's why we wanted to present this panel to let you know that we are there and we are good enough to do it. We already work with Fortune 500, Fortune or whatever index. Uh, you want to you want to mention we work with those companies so if we are good enough for those companies we are good enough to work for you and also if you have your own um, SOPs you know your your standard procedures we read them we understand them and we follow them we're not going to steal the client we can sign uh, you know a non-compete an NDA mutual NDA, mutual NDA whatever you want we can sign we can sign it I mean we want we just want the industry to grow and to and and, and we realize that um, cooperation is important. Keeping the, the information for you, that doesn't help a lot of people. That doesn't help a lot of people uh, travel or, or solve a problem. We need to be in this, uh, in this uh, mindset of, of sharing. And even though you're a competitor, sometimes you're a competitor, sometimes it's your independent, sometimes it's your contractor, sometimes you are the contractor. And, and you have to live up to their standards. And, and, and that's what we wanted to show. That's, and, and we wanted to also them to understand 
you talked about expectations. Sometimes are not gonna. Sometimes things are not gonna go the way you the way you like it because it's a different country. You have to adapt. You have to. And I'm not talking about resilience. It, it, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with adapting to a different country. I know you you trust the way you do it. You you've done it in the past. But if if you've never been there in that area, uh, or even if you've been there in that area, you we need to listen. Uh, to the people who live there, because things change change from one day to the to the other. Uh, different things happen. Uh, Mexico City is not a, is 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 not the same as 20 years ago. Monterrey has grown a lot. Guadalajara is a lot. It has a lot of uh, energy at the moment. So there are different places where people are traveling, and and you've never been there. So have a local talk to you. Uh, if you still want to, uh, you know, do things your way, I understand. We understand it. Uh, and and as I said, we will help you. As much as we can, but there are some. Sometimes there are, you know, situations where we have to say no. We are not going in that way. Like we had a we had a service in in the in the favelas in the favelas in 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 uh, in, uh, in, uh, in Brazil in Rio for a pharmaceutical company, and we had to talk to the leader of the favelas. We had to talk to them because you want to protect in every single way. That person so you have to operate it's not the advanced world that you say well there is this cows this way and this the, the, there are loopholes in in this road or things like that no it's not like, like that you have to talk to people you have to talk to the leaders of those communities and say we're coming in we're not a threat we just want to do this we just want to do that and that's the kind of, of of things sometimes people don't understand once they understand it everything flows and then we do things your way but there's sometimes uh, you have to trust. You have to, it's, it's not it's not a leap of faith, but mm. sometimes you have to trust the local partner. And why we've been in the market for so long? We've been in the market for in Mexico for for 18 years now, uh, and there's a reason why. We have a lot of local people uh, um, in and, and a lot of resources and, and network. And I'm sure other companies do do the same thing. I mean, the, the, I'm not giving you the formula of the Coca-Cola, but I think it's yeah. just common sense. And, you and just you have to be to... open. Yeah, absolutely. Be 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 open and 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 use the resources that uh, that you're presented with. Because a lot of people talk about um, Miami as a gateway to Latin America, and and yes uh, and no in a variety of different jurisdictional ways. Um, there there are there's a lot of tech, right? But I wonder then is Mexico actually the physical security equivalent of a gateway to South America, Latin America? Um. I don't see it that way. I don't see it that way because I see a very uh, strong uh, industry in Colombia. Um, I see a very strong, very, very strong uh, security industry in Brazil. Argentina is is also pushing a lot. Uh, they just have to... Uh, it's, it's just the way that we are differently and organized. And, 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 you know, the size of the, our economies tell you exactly uh, where things uh, are better or, or worse. You know, uh, uh, I can tell you that uh, Costa Rica is very expensive. It's, a, it's, 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 it's not cheap to, to operate there. Um, Brazil is also very expensive. We wanted to provide uh, emergency response and GPS monitoring, and we faced uh, um, um, different laws that did not allow us to uh, operate there because of the data data management. And, and, and sometimes when you monitor people, well, you need data. Uh, but in, in any case, um, I don't see Mexico like that. Um, in the way I see Mexico leading the, the region is in the way we have been organized. Uh, 
we we are organizing ourselves with uh, this uh, ASIS and IFPO um, and the Mexican Association of, of Private Security as well as the Mexican Council of Private Security. We're following Spain somehow. We Spain is very advanced in this. They have a lot of experience, and then we we follow them. We see what they do. They we try to do it here, and then we try to uh, to contact all our colleagues in in Latin America, and they see the way we we operate because they come here, and we have a lot of a, a lot of uh, um, uh, you know uh, seminars and different conferences uh, you know uh, online or 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 um, in situ um, where we discuss things like like this, but. Um, I think every country has their their own laws and capacities, and I don't think I don't see Mexico leading the, or being the the, the gateway uh, in terms of security, because you have a lot of uh, Colombians who are very good at security, uh, Venezuelans as well, and I think that has to do with with where we operate. We face the threats every day. We don't oh, yeah. just see them at, at movies. We just we, we we live with them every day. And we read them in the newspapers, and we are that, and 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 I think that's why uh, I, I'm saying Mexico may not be the gateway, the gateway, because Venezuelans and Colombians experience security, very high security problems before Mexico. And 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 on reflection, my my question I think was uh, probably trying to get a nice sound bite uh, because it wouldn't it be good if you said yes, Mexico gateway, you know, um, and 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 I think that's perhaps one of the challenges when people are uninitiated and they don't take the time to uh, investigate and and you know ask someone like yourself, they might uh, make assumptions. Uh, so 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 maybe I'm alone, but if you also had assumptions, I think this is a very useful. Um, exercise in in sort of you know a reality check and uh, yeah. you know having a deep dive um so 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 what's next for you are you going to be traveling around where can people meet you uh what uh what have you got coming up that people should be aware of well uh i'm planning to uh <laughs> um i'm gonna be uh um at the antique I'm planning to go to the antique uh, you know conference the protected intelligence conference i was there last year i found it uh, extraordinary. Uh, I'll try to go to ATAP, and in March, um, I'll probably be at the uh, IFPO uh, meeting, uh, the the Hispano American Board of of IFPO, and um, uh, probably GSX this year as well. Uh, I'll be traveling to the headquarters in San Francisco uh, to for my company, and from there I'll I'll visit some clients. But they they can find me in LinkedIn if they want. Uh, my LinkedIn profile is is there, Hector Robles. And uh, for, or first call, they can they can they can just uh, first call CSS. Um, they can contact me there. I'll be happy to uh, to interact with any with anyone. Uh, I'm a fairly open person. Uh, you know, as I said, in this industry, everybody knows someone, and 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 we all know something that that uh, that helps another one. I like that, and and of course, yeah, we'll put those links in the show notes. Um, yeah, for sure. Wh wherever you listen to it, if you're listening to this on Spotify, uh, Apple Cloud, uh, Amazon, uh, there, there, there's so many ways that it gets uh, threaded out there now to the community. Uh, so, so we'll add everything into the show notes. Um, but, I, but I really appreciate this. We're going to see your uh, friend uh, Ivan here in London in just a couple of weeks at uh, the. Eighth Annual Executive Security and Close Protection Technology Forum in London. You are going to enjoy that. Ivan is a great professional, and uh, I, 
he's one of my best friends in the industry. I can tell you that. I really like that guy, uh, his approach. And um, he has a, he's open enough to uh, understand when we disagree on some on some things, and we laugh so much. He's he's the the he's a very fun guy with a with a very very uh, Serbian Serbian mentality adapted to a to a Latin American world. It's 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 a great combination. Ivan is going to be a he's going to be a great person, and he wrote a he wrote a, a great book, and we don't, we need a lot of people like Ivan, you know, to share. Uh, knowledge uh, in in this industry, we need we need a lot more, a lot more knowledge in this. Well, absolutely, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that book up with him uh, when I see him in a couple of weeks uh, on the 26th of January, uh, in London. Uh, but uh, but this is this is fantastic. Thanks ever so much for your time. I'm I'm really pleased that we got the chance to meet in Vegas, and I and I and I look forward to more circuit uh, collaborations uh, with you and 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 your team. For sure. Uh, so. Uh, thank you, Hector Robles. This has been another fantastic edition of the Circuit Magazine podcast. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much, Hector. What a great friend of the industry and obviously wonderful to bring him onto the podcast. And I know that he is indeed a, an avid listener. Uh, off, I enjoy uh, the session. Um, Elijah, uh, are you off to Mexico now? What What have you taken away <laughs> from today's session? Well, again, I, I, I'm always a proponent for a healthy dose of reality. So you take out some of the misconceptions, you take out some of the stereotypes, you take out some of the, the fantasy, you know. Um, and while, you know, all of that sounds good, particularly when you're trying to beef up your resume, when you're trying to impress a client or, you know, talk about all of the, you know, the hazardous countries you've been to, you have to approach every place on a case-by-case -case basis and you measure the risk in accordance to where you're going to be and what you're going to be doing. You know, if you're not in some of these really dangerous places, which for most of us, we're not going to take our clients to those places. Those really aren't our specific concerns. That's right. And, and you know, low profile uh, should win the day. Um, I, I remember, uh, you know, when we when we had some presentations about uh, operations in Afghanistan, people would say, you know, unmarked uh, soft top vehicle, much more uh, useful than a very, very heavily armored vehicle at times. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I, I guess the same principle uh, happens there. But there will always be a customer who will not budge. Absolutely. Um, you know, it. it uh, do you think that would happen a lot that 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 customers would absolutely go against local advice? Well, I I, I think that just as we introduce our <clears throat> specific um, color or flavor of an environment, the clients have a preconceived notion as well. So it's up to us to make the case in an, in an informed way. And a lot of times we're battling um, historical challenges, uh, uh, historical perceptions, etc. But that's what makes the case for having a local representative, one who's fully embedded, one who's knowledgeable, that can provide you with the intel you need in order to uh, convince the client or sway the client to whatever the tools that are necessary to effectively do the job. Absolutely. And then and then I suppose, as Hector said, you know, if the person that pays the bills absolutely wants something. Oh, yeah, for sure. If, if they want it, they can get it. But, uh, you know, I think it's our job to... To, to paint that picture because what we don't want to do is make ourselves a much more visible target because of how we're conducting the protective operations. 
yeah yeah absolutely and then and then if 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 you and he you know he mentioned uh, the beast uh, because of the recent uh, joe biden uh, visit sure. um sure. then you well, mitigate the mitigation yeah well so, some people you're not going to say no to some operations are going to have to be ran a certain way uh but i think again you know even with a situation when like the president of the united states you know coming into a country um, he's still going to liaison with counterparts there. They're still going to take the uh, advice or listen to the advice uh, uh, and procedures uh, uh, of the local security professionals. And then inside that, you know, inside that blender there is going to be how the operation is kind of set up and the strategy is is, is laid out. Absolutely, and 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 that uh, that strategy and and uh, you know forethought. Is 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 what we end up having at, at many of these uh, conferences, at IPSB and uh, and and the others. How how do you get left of bang, left For of? Sure. Well, you know. Speaking of conferences, don't don't you got something coming up? Oh, what a good segue! Um, <laughs> you like that, right? So, um, yeah. Uh, on the twenty sixth of January is the eighth annual CP Tech Forum, which has grown from a you know very much uh, operator led. Uh, tech form to talk about you know where tech could help and hinder your your daily uh, work uh, it's it's really grown into physical security modernization i brought mm-hmm. corporate security leaders who could potentially employ ep operators i brought mm-hmm. international operators who could potentially partner with each other and, and then i've got interesting technology perspectives whether it's um virtual reality training for kidnap and ransom um i know it's not a inherently new topic but I think it should be, you know, looked at all the way through to uh, Colin Singer, who's going to talk about uh, an RST residential um, Malinois uh, pet, mm, mm, uh, yeah. which is a deterrent for sure. But at the same time, is a pet, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So, so, so it's really evolved. Um, I know I've, I've run the gambit of topics there, but uh, but very much looking forward to it. Well, th- just the fact that we're on number eight means that you're doing something right. So I, I salute you. Yeah, and of course, you know, with the BBA and uh, NABA and Circuit Magazine uh, support, uh, it 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 is absolutely uh, because of you, the listener, to make it uh, such a such a good success. Um, looking forward to it, and you know how some people say, "Oh, I'm selling out" as a bit of a sales tactic. Each year, I'm not joking. <laughs> it, it becomes a capacity problem. <laughs> so, you know, each year we we do have a cutoff time. And, Some... and, and that and that's a great problem. But I do understand what you mean when you kind of say seats are limited. People use that term so much that it's kind of like oh, white noise. But, you know, I'm, I've, I've got an upcoming training course and we're trying to put a cap on it because mm. um, there's only a certain amount of time and you want to make sure that you're giving the students the right amount of attention. So as as a business owner, of course, I want as many people as possible to come. But at the same time, I don't want to make sure that I want to make sure that the quality doesn't drop at all. I mean, it's the same reason why at a nice restaurant, they might have a wait. Of course they could sit you, but you're just going to be sitting there and your food's not going to come out. And then you're going to be grumpy about that. So, you know, it's uh, th- there's a give and take to that. So what I should say is, is bravo, sir. So maybe for number nine or number 10, you're going to have to move to a bigger venue, but that's a, that's a great problem to have. Well, thank you. And a segue, you mentioned you've got your course. When is your course? Yeah. Uh, my course, I'm doing the, Icon Celebrity and VIP Protection course at the end of uh, March. And then that's going to go right into the advanced course. So we're doing 10 days of training total, five and five. And that's uh, March 20th. And then I think we wrap up on the 29th there, if I got my math right. And where where will it be? 
and that'll be in Raleigh, North Carolina. So this is our second time having it there. The last course was phenomenal. We had some great um, um, instructors from all over the industry come. We had an international flavor of students from the United Kingdom to Africa to Canada. So it was great having those in there. And so we're looking to have uh, to kind of duplicate that success uh, this year. It's tough for me to have courses as often as I like because of my operational schedule. So I really look forward to it uh, as well. And I know the feedback uh, has been amazing, and and I've also really enjoyed uh, the 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 content that's come out of it because I, I know people have done a lot around it as well. Very cool. Um, but yeah, uh, so please uh, reach out uh, if you, if you want to come to the London event. Reach out if you want to come to uh, the Icon training course. And uh, we we are still, of course, as always, looking forward to contributors to the podcast and the magazine. Uh, as 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 ever uh, absolutely but... and we just dropped a new issue we should mention oh, we, yeah we did we did yeah a couple of days ago just dropped a new issue please Circuit please magazine. subscribe to the magazine if you like the podcast take out a subscription to the magazine uh, because it gives a lot more in-depth uh, articles consideration and uh it, it's got a very nice uh virtual online format that we can that we can easily read so so, so you know, look, look, look at look at the podcast as a bit of a gateway uh, to to the magazine itself. But good. Well, thank you for joining us on this wonderful journey to Mexico. Um, thank you, Hector, for enlightening us. Looking forward to seeing you all very, very soon. And as always, I mean, not always, but it just happens to be <laughs> another fantastic edition of the Circuit Magazine podcast. Agreed. You have been listening to the Circuit Magazine podcast. Be sure to subscribe and be sure to not miss an episode.